All right, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to know to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today we've got a great episode for you with Catherine Tyndall of Dominion Enterprise Services. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Uh, let's do this really quickly. Uh, Dominion, what you, who are you guys? What you got? So we are a specialty CPA firm with a tax focus. So we do a lot of work with tax credits. Um, right now, specifically, we're doing a lot with the employee retention credit. Um, we're a really specialty focused firm. So we do a lot of work for other CPA firms uh, for tax credit work that they normally don't do. So I partner usually with other CPA firms or um, just working directly for people for tax credit work that they need. Sure. Um, very good. So I want to talk today. The big focus is going to be the ERTC part for restaurants. It's been a big deal. It is a, it is something that restaurants should take advantage of. It's in the, in the tax code and it's a great, uh, credit opportunity, especially going against some of the, the COVID situation. So I'm going to hand it to you. Most part, I'll poke in with some questions, uh, not my area of expertise. So I want to rely on you here to take it away. You can start with who, you know, who should file, who can claim what timelines, what do you think? Yeah. So I would say, you know, we work with a lot of restaurant owners. So I always uh, keep track of the common questions that I get from people. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there about this credit and how it works and who should do it and that sort of thing. But I think the main bright line things that restaurant owners should know about is, you know, if you're running a restaurant operation, uh, for the most part, you're going to be eligible for the credit. And the reason why is for most restaurants in most states, there were indoor dining restrictions. And so if you have an indoor portion of what you're doing, or it's mostly indoor, um, you're going to qualify for this credit just under that statute alone. Um, the other ways that you can qualify for the credit is revenue declines quarter by quarter. But for the most part, it's an either or test. And almost every restaurant's going to meet the test under the, the government restriction just because of state mandated shutdown orders. So that's, you know, the first piece, you know, if you're listening to this and you're an operator, you're most likely eligible for the credit. Um, the second piece that I would say, too, that a lot of people don't realize is they think that if they got the PPP funds that they're not eligible for this credit. Um, that's not true. You know, originally when it was written, that was true. But Congress changed the rules after the fact uh, because they were finding that so many people weren't taking advantage of the program who were eligible for it. Now, there is an interaction between the PPP funds and the employee retention credit. But for the most part, almost every client case that I work on has both. And it doesn't usually rise to the level of, you know, making it not worth pursuing the ERC credit for them. So those are kind of the big, the big pieces about the credit. Okay. Question for you. I'm a restaurant. I have 15 staff members. What happens? Yeah. So, it, you know, the first piece is that you want to get an assessment done. Um, so you want to talk to somebody who's a tax professional. Um, I usually recommend you go to your CPA first and see if they do them. Um, and if they do a decent amount, and then if they don't, find another CPA or tax firm specifically that does them. You know, there's a lot of marketing companies out there that are trying to do this credit, and I'm already starting to deal with IRS resolution work related to these. So it's really important to make sure the person that you're working with uh, is credentialed in this kind of work because, uh, you know, it's it's an extremely valuable credit. So, for instance, if you're an employer with 15 employees and say um, you operate in California, you know, you're going to qualify for this credit through 2020 and then part of 2021. Um, and, you know, in that kind of headcount, it's usually around at least a six-figure credit. So that's, you know, six figures 
coming back in the form of a check in the mail from the IRS because it's a refund of money you already paid. So that's the scenario. Hmm. Okay. So, all right. So that, all right. Very significant. You talked, so I talked about the example of 15 people, which is a relatively small restaurant and a lot of restaurants have a lot more. Quick question. I'm just thinking uh, top ahead, part-time staff, full-time staff, rotating staff. People were with me, but they, they left. I had turnover. How does some of that play, play into it? Yeah. So it's a, a per head per quarter calculation. So it's really, you get a percentage of the wages that you paid during quarters that you're eligible. And because like I said, it's a refund of money you already paid. It's not contingent on once you get those checks back, you have to use it to pay people payroll or um, anything like that. It's really just a reimbursement for money that you've already paid. So you can do what you want with it. Um, most people I tell it's, you know, if you're going to be, if you had your eye on like a new piece of equipment or, you know, that vacation, like you're really not limited with how you use the funds, but that it doesn't really impact if people are part-time or full-time. It's just how much wages you were paying them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also get to include things like tips and any health benefits you pay for. So those also count towards the credit, which is great. Okay. All right. So yeah, I do, I do the paperwork. I do it right. I, I'm a restaurant owner. Now I, I have this, you're saying I have a check that I can use at my discretion towards the business, towards my life, et cetera. Um, and probably recoup some expenses or losses that I incur, incurred during that time, which is, which is important. Yeah. Cause with PPP, obviously there was a very much tracking of the funds had to be used for specific yeah. purposes and so forth. Is, um, is that, is that process completely finished by the way, PPP? Is there any still tracking that would be happening from that? No. So that program's closed. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that's the confusion around this program versus PPP because the PPP program was a lending program administered mm-hmm. by the SBA. This, um, this credit, this program is a credit program. And so it's baked into the tax code. And that's why even though the pandemic's over, you can still go back and get it. Because it's like, you know, if you didn't claim deductions on your tax return, you can still go back and amend your returns and get those deductions, you know, a couple, you have a three year window to do that. And so that's why this credit is still open. Because there are people that were taking advantage of it during the pandemic who knew, you know, what it was and how to deal with it. Um, And for the people who didn't, you can still go back and catch up. It's not like PPP where it's uh, you know, the the PPP program is completely closed now. And if you didn't get it and you were eligible, too bad. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. over. Um, this is great because it's a really level playing field, because if you didn't get it and you're eligible for it, you still have, you know, a good amount of time to go back and get it. We still have about uh, about a year left for the full, okay. you know, the full credit and then it'll start to phase out. You you mentioned being careful about um, who you work with for something like this, and I, I, I we chatted for briefly before we started, and I, I get emails myself one yeah. or two uh, a week for sure that talk about have you have you tackled the ERTC for your firm yet? And I I, I haven't clicked on them, but are, what should somebody look for in someone to work with for this case? You, you mentioned they they may have their start with their CPA perhaps. What else should they look for? Yeah, I'd say the biggest piece you want to look for is credentials and experience in the field, because there are a lot of players out there and even really big players out there where I'm starting to deal with resolution work from them because they're not licensed tax professionals. And the tricky thing with this credit, you know, if you look at it from our side of things, uh, because it was rolled out so quickly by the IRS, we don't have forms to use to calculate the actual credit amounts. We don't have software from big providers to use to calculate these. And so um, you're really relying on the strength of that person's tax credentials to really make sure that they're doing everything correctly. Because I, I like to joke with people, it's not, 
it's like getting Botox, right? You don't just want the Botox. It's really all about the placement. And the thing with tax credits is it's really about calculating the correct amount of what you're eligible for. And then also knowing enough to have the right substantiating documentation that if you were to get audited by the IRS, which this is going to be an extremely high audit area in the next three years, because mm. I'm seeing so much um, so much misstatement going on out there with people overclaiming who don't understand the rules. Um, so that's the main piece that I warn people about. It's like you really want to look, you know, if you get approached by a company, go on that company's LinkedIn page, look at who the employees are. Look at who the head people are in the actual production departments. Are they licensed tax professionals? And then if they are, click on the like click on them and look at their resume. You know, did they just work at a tax firm for like two years? Or, you know, do they have like a robust history of working in this kind of field that they would know what they're doing? Like I was looking at a company the other day that somebody asked me about, and their head of op their head of quality control was a CPA with only three years experience not even in this part of uh, taxation. They were right. from a completely different place. And I said, you know, that per like that person in my firm would be a junior staff person. That would not be the head of quality control because it's, it's a complex credit. And there's a reason why a lot of people, you know, they get really angry at their CPA when they work. I've had this happen where people get angry because they're like, oh, it was so, you know, it's such a big credit. It's, you know, $250,000 or $150,000. Why didn't my CPA get this for me? it's like, well, because it's a one-time credit program and it's really complex. Like they just don't have, you know, they just don't have the ability to take it on, um, nor do they want the audit risk. Um, right. So it's, you know, that's where, why my firm is starting. We do a lot of work with other CPAs because it's just, it's kind of a perfect storm of something that's, it's hard to do the credit correctly. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's so valuable for the people who could do it. And, you know, for restaurant yeah. owners, like I was saying at the beginning, um, basically almost anybody with indoor dining, almost all, you know, pretty much most states had some kind of capacity restriction mandated going on. And that's one of the eligibility factors for the credit. So, you know, most, if not all restaurants are eligible for it, um, and, you know, potentially eligible for it. And it's, it's just one of those, it's a perfect storm of people yeah. not taking advantage of it. Yeah, definitely so valuable. So if you haven't taken advantage of it yet, please get with your tax professional and or Catherine and her firm as well. All right. I quite, all right. So I, I want to ask you, I'm going to finish with quick tax uh, prep things that, that restaurants may need to know, but anything else before we go to that uh, wrap up section, anything else about ERTC to, to put a bow on? Yeah, I would just say the main one, you know, is uh, start with, you know, really do pursue it because I've been seeing some really high returns for a lot of restaurant owners. And it's one of those things where if you work with a good provider, it takes maybe one or two hours of your time for document collection. And like I said, it can be anywhere from $50,000 to I've done some, you know, re single location restaurants where it's been, you know, over 250. Mm -hmm. So it's really worth your time to pursue it. Um, and like I said, the biggest thing you got to watch out for is who's the provider that's doing your work. Um, and what are, what are their, what's their reputation? What are their credentials? Uh, you know, are you being, uh, you know, is it a marketing company that you're working mm. with or a consulting company, or is it like a licensed CPA firm? You know, that's kind of the big bright line piece there, but that, that, I think that wraps up, you know, that piece of the okay. conversation pretty well. 
Perfect. Well, if you have any one, two, three quick, you know, tax planning tips or strategies that restaurants need to think about in general, and this is off the top of the head, we didn't plan to talk about this, but I thought since I had you here, yeah, I want to share a, a couple, a couple quick ideas and then we'll wrap up. What do you think? Yeah, I would say, you know, on the taxes side of things, it, the, the biggest pieces that I see people make mistakes around is uh, just not having a consistent relationship with their tax professionals. So like in my planning practice, we have quarterly meetings during the year because for most planning techniques that you need to do, uh, you need to know ahead of time what's going on and do them in real time so you get the advantage of them. You know, a lot of people will wait until the end of the year to talk to their tax professional. And once it's, you know, January, February, and they're going to do your taxes, there's not a whole lot that we have available to us as tax professionals to do for planning items once the year is closed. A lot of things you have to do in real time. And so I'd say that's probably the first step for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I think if you're working with a good tax professional, they're not going to be pushy to have more meetings and do that sort of thing. So that's something you have to ask for and say, you know, hey, I know your time is worth it. Can we do planning meetings, you know, once a quarter or, you know, mid-year or something like that, just so that you as the owner have a sense of, you know, where your tax liability is. And then if there's anything else you can be doing to reduce it, um, because very often, you know, strategic planning around when you're going to do expansions, when you're going to buy equipment how you're going to contribute to your own retirement accounts, paying family members, all those sorts of things are planning opportunities. But if you don't catch them in real time, uh, you're just going to be kind of stuck with whatever bill you generate during the year. Yeah. The timing piece is a, is a, is a big deal. I can imagine you, know, it's, uh, how, you had all these ideas in mind, but you missed it by a week and, and you can't go, you can't necessarily go back. Can't go back. Time. Yep. Can't go back. Any, uh, any other, any other quick, uh, quick thoughts, quick ideas. And as we, as we finish up, yeah, I'd say for most most business business owners and restaurant owners particularly, you know, the things where you save the most in taxes, you know, the first piece is is credits. So the ERTC is really big um, for restaurant owners. The other one too is make sure you're getting the tips credit. I see quite a few restaurant owners that don't get the tips credit. So make sure you have some. You can Google it. Um, make sure you're getting the tips credit. And then the last one is the worker opportunity tax credit. A lot of business owners, especially restaurant owners, aren't aware of that one too. And that's a tax credit where it's a per head thing. Um, it's usually really easy to get set up and it's a dollar for dollar back on those credit programs. So I'd say look into your credits, see if there's credits that you're not taking advantage of because usually those are very simple to start up mm -hmm. and then you're going to get a dollar for dollar benefit there. Um, and then the second piece that I always recommend for business owners and restaurant owners is, you know, take a look at your entity structure, because if you haven't had your tax professional readdress your entity structure, um, you know, since 2018, there could be changes there that can save you, you know, wide percentages if you can just move things around. So very commonly mm -hmm. people talk about doing S corporations or C corporations or a mix of both or a, you know, a real estate holding company and then an operating company. So that's the sort of thing where it's, you know, outside the normal bounds of filing a tax return. So that's something you'd want to ask your tax professional every once in a while is, hey, you know, I haven't looked at my entity structure in five years, 10 years. Could we be operating more efficiently if we change things around? Right. Um, you know, could we be operating more efficiently if I changed around, you know, how I do my compensation or uh, things like that? And I, I think those kinds of conversations can be really valuable because, for for instance, with entities, you know, you can shift the needle by percentage points. So mm -hmm. you can shave off percentage points either way, depending on what your situation is. But that's something where it's, 
you really um i wouldn't like google things and come to your tax rush and be like i want to be an s corporation yeah it's more you just have to open that conversation and say hey we haven't looked at this in a while is this still the most efficient way for me to be operating yeah, that's a good reminder as well. So send them to the website. You talked about maybe having a report uh, in, in the future available. Where where should they go? Yeah, so we have a PDF that's, um, you know, top five tips for restaurant owners mm. for the employee retention credit. It goes a lot more into the weeds about the credit, particular things you should watch out for, questions you should ask your tax professional, questions you should ask providers, um, and really what I've seen from experience of most common mistakes people make about the credit, most common questions that we get about it. So that's kind of your inclusive place to find find out more about how the credit works. Yeah, I have up on my other screen, Dominion uh, no, dominiones.com. So mm -hmm. D-O-M-I-N-I-O-N-E-S.com, correct? Correct. Yep. I get it? Good. Okay. So that's, that's where folks want to go. Awesome. Catherine, appreciate you. All right, folks, that has been Catherine Tindall of Dominion Enterprise Services. To find out more about what they do and how they help restaurants, go to dominions.com for more great restaurant marketing and operations, service people, and tech tips. Stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks so much.